This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Here's something to think about. Hurricane Dorian. Man, that uh, crept up the East Coast this week. All kinds of destruction from the Bahamas up into the uh, eastern seaboard states. Uh, You want to help, but your donation might not get to those who actually need it. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for being a part of American Viewpoints and spending some of your weekend with us. We're going to get the updates on how con artists capitalize on disasters and good intentions. And we've got some tips on making sure that your charitable donations actually get to those in need. We're going to do that in about uh, 14 minutes Uh, right now. Now, speaking of Hurricane uh, Dorian, now this could go with any any uh, disaster. It results in a lot of shortages Uh, Water, food, uh, gasoline, generators, all this kind of stuff. And there's an interesting article on uh, Forbes website, Forbes.com. It's called Price Gouging Laws Are Knowledge Embargoes That Should Be Repealed. And I'm joined now by economics professor Art Carden. He's with Samford uh, University in Alabama. And Art, what, what you're actually arguing here is when that disaster declaration comes and the price gouging laws go into effect that that's actually bad for people even though it limits what stores and others could charge for things like hotel rooms and water and food that 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 may have a lot of people scratching their heads saying wait a minute that that's when we need to keep prices low that's a really good point a lot of people look and say hey during this disaster situation we want to help the people who are most in need and that that's a natural response the kind of counterintuitive fact, though, is one of the best ways to help people is to ensure that prices are flexible enough to get emergency supplies to where they are most needed, when they're most needed. And price gouging laws mean that suppliers and demanders don't get the signal there. For suppliers, higher prices are sort of like a signal flare saying, hey, bring more water, bring more plywood, bring more flashlights to whatever this part of the country that's being affected by the hurricane. For demanders, and this is really, really important, demanders higher prices tell people who may not be anywhere where they're affected by the hurricane to use less water, use less gas, etc. So, for example, I live in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, if we were to allow prices, if we were to allow the price of gas in hurricane-affected areas to increase dramatically, then this would also increase prices further inland. That price signal tells me, even if I don't know there's a hurricane happening, that I need to consume less gas because it's more valuable elsewhere. Now, one of the things that I can see somebody saying, wait a minute, Art, we, we live in 2019. I've got Twitter. I've got the, the news on my phone 24 hours a day. I know there's a demand. I can see it in the news. So aren't we just saying, wait a minute, uh, you're allowing people to be gouged because we don't need a signal through actual economics. We have it on our, our devices. We have it in our hand. So we can know very broadly some stuff that's going on, but we can't know what Friedrich Hayek called the particular circumstances of time and place. So obviously, you know, after a disaster, more or less what people are going to need. They're probably going to need flashlights and generators and gasoline and things like that. But what the price does is first, it tells us, it gives us very specific information about what people need, how badly they need it, where they need it, when they need it. Second, to be frank, not everybody is like that. Not everybody has that kind of compassion for people who are are affected or who in in, in storm-affected areas. And one of the things that higher prices – one of the things that higher prices will do is it will get the people – it'll get even the people who just don't care to conserve gas, conserve water, conserve hotel rooms, et cetera, and thereby act for the benefit of the people who are in the storm-affected areas. 
Now you've got an economics discussion that we're having right now, but uh, Art, we're also talking about something with great emotional appeal. I lived yes. in mid-Missouri when the, the giant tornado hit uh-huh. Joplin, which was just you know a couple hours away from me, and I remember mm-hmm. people being prosecuted for price gouging, you know, get, right. small gas stations and things like that, and that's a very strong emotional appeal. In the time of need, this is not how we treat people. So you, you're right. laying out an economics argument. I think for mm-hmm. a lot of people, they're listening, saying, hey man what is wrong with you um of course as a civil society we don't punish people who are in disasters so talk about that emotional appeal because that's really compelling it is it really is i mean you you don't like to see people in need we recoil at the notion of of human suffering but the problem that what we don't see what we don't really understand is that we're making that suffering worse so for example if if you look at pictures of people lined up to get gas in Miami or somewhere or somewhere like that or along the Gulf Coast after Hurricane Katrina about 14 years ago this looks tragic but the reason why people are standing in line is because we're not allowing the price to change if we allow the price to change again people would get the signal uh, firms would get the signal to supply more gas demanders would get the signal to consume less gas now, with respect to with respect to to the emotional weight of this, there are a few things that go on. First, for a lot of organizations, so like Walmart, Home Depot, uh, Costco, Budweiser, for example. So I, I know that Budweiser um, is famous for donating cans of water right. to disaster to to disaster areas. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to showcase their brand. I mean, it might sound a little bit cynical. But if I remember correctly, after Hurricane Katrina, the CEO of Home Depot said that one of the worst things you can do if you're a company like that is to be perceived as taking advantage of people during their time of need. And so, therefore, you get disaster response teams from detergent companies, from uh, restaurants, from food companies, from beer companies going to assist with disaster relief. And moreover, they tend to have the logistical infrastructure needed to do so effectively. So is there a difference between just letting the market work and quote unquote price gouging? Um, I don't think there is. I think price gouging price gouging is a sinister sounding way of describing the normal operations of supply and demand. And one of the things that bugs me about price gouging, because um, I went to graduate school in St. Louis and, and uh, was there when Hurricane Katrina hit. And I remember I was, I was actually driving from Columbia to, to St. Louis and listening to discussions of price gouging and hearing people talk about how well, it's an unconscionable increase. Okay, well, according to whose conscience? Um, it is an unreasonable increase in the price of essential goods. Okay, well, I mean, these are, at first glance, like these sound nice, but who gets to define what is essential and what's not? Who gets to, whose conscience? gets to determine what counts as a conscionable or unconscionable increase. Um, One of the things that makes this, I think, particularly corrosive, or one of the things that makes price gouging rules particularly corrosive, is that it introduces a degree of arbitrariness into people's economic calculations, because it's hard to know whether you've committed a crime or not. Um, That might be entirely in in the eye of the beholder, whoever happens to be the prosecutor, whoever happens to be the attorney general, or what have you. There's a secondary effect, too, that uh, I think is, is in the long run more pernicious, and that creates, in a sense, it creates a society of snitches. So instead of helping people recover from the disaster, 
what a lot of governments are doing is they're encouraging people to basically engage in sort of surveillance and snitching by calling these sort of price gouging hotlines and things like that. And they're using scarce and valuable time, talent, and treasure that could go toward disaster relief that's instead going toward surveillance and prosecution. We're visiting with Art Carden, uh, economics professor at Samford University in uh, Alabama. And just uh, just about a minute or so left here, Art, for people who, I guess, are saying, okay, I've never heard this before. Obviously, your article on Forbes.com right mm-hmm. now uh, has some of it. But why is it important that we talk about the theory and the concept of this aspect of economics when rightfully a lot of us just say, I just want people to get help. So why should we consider these aspects of disaster declarations and things in about 30 seconds? Because meaning well is not the same thing as doing good. And in fact, we can do an awful lot of damage to people, and in particular, the most vulnerable people in the world or the most vulnerable people in the country with our good intentions. By preventing the price mechanism from doing what prices do, we in fact make disaster recovery harder, and we make, we make life a lot more unpleasant for exactly the people that we most wish to help. All right, people want to be in touch with uh, what you're writing or just uh, your observations. What's the best way? Uh, just follow me on social media at Art Carden or look uh, look me up at artcarden.com. All right, uh, Art Carden from Samford uh, University with the American Institute for Economic Research as well. Art, really appreciate the perspective today. Certainly, thank you. All right, so you want to help. Well, make sure that you're helping those in need and not helping actual thieves. And this is more common than you may think, unfortunately. The BBB, Better Business Bureau, has the advice, and that is just ahead right here on American Viewpoints. You know, the windshield just glass broke and and screeching, and I saw, you know, a body come down from off the top of the the van, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I just thought, what have I done? There's never never a day that I, I wake up that I don't think about it. Learn more at itcanwait.com. A message from AT&T Missouri. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council.